Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Abnormal Psychologist, the show that shares everyday insights into getting the best out of your mind, body, and lifestyle. Now, please welcome your host, The Abnormal Psychologist herself, Carrie Thompson-Casey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Abnormal Psychologist with me, your host, Carrie Thompson-Casey the show where we are giving you the how-to to to get the best out of you. And today is a very special episode because it's all about the blokes. That's right. It's all about men and mental health. So to get to the serious side real quick, let's jump right in there. There are some really alarming statistics out there about men and their mental health. So Beyond Blue reports that on average, one in eight men will have depression and one in five men will experience anxiety at some stage of their lives. While women are more likely to experience depression and anxiety, men are less likely to talk about it. And that's the focus of today's podcast is talking to the guys about what might be going on and how to get help. So what we're concerned about is mainly the not seeking help that comes from guys, or maybe not even in the first instance, recognizing the symptoms at all. So some more stats for you. And this one's from Man Therapy, which is a great website for the guys, mantherapy.org.au. So in terms of suicide, Man Therapy reports that almost seven people die by suicide each day in Australia. And five of these are men. The particular age group of concern is the 85-year-old plus age bracket. That's 85 years old plus. Australian men aged 85 and above have the highest rates of suicide for their any age and gender group. Then the next highest is men in their middle years, so 40 to 44 years of age. And the rate of suicide for young Australian males aged 15 to 19 years is half that of men in their middle years and a third of the rate of the older men. So quite alarming statistics there around guys and suicide. So first of all, what I wanted to talk about is how, how do you know if you're stressed? If you're a guy and you're not used to talking about feelings or you're not used to talking about your experiences, you might talk to your mates about going fishing or the Formula One race on the weekend, but you might not be used to talking about things that make you feel afraid. So some of the warning signs of stress include things like difficulty getting to sleep, Or maybe you get to sleep, but you wake through the night, so you have trouble staying asleep. 
Maybe you're always feeling tired and there's no other explanation for that. You might be a tradie or you might be outside in the sun all day and that might cause a bit of fatigue, but you realize that you're feeling a bit more tired than you should expect to feel. Maybe even your concentration has changed or you've become a bit forgetful. Maybe it's a bit harder for you to stay focused on what you're watching on TV or even harder than ever to focus on what your partner is talking about or the kids telling you about their day at school. Or maybe you've started to have feelings of anxiety. Maybe you feel a bit scared about things, but you're not entirely sure what you're scared of. Might even feel a bit overwhelmed, like things are getting on top of you. Some of the physical symptoms you might notice is you might need to do a wee a bit more often, or you feel like you might need to do a nervous poo. Maybe you even feel like your reactions to things outweigh the trigger, so you're overreacting. And maybe you're feeling angry a bit more often than you used to, or constantly feeling frustrated. There might even be feelings of lightheadedness or muscle tension, or pain, or headaches, a feeling of faintness, or dizziness, maybe even you've lost your appetite, or maybe the opposite, maybe you find you're eating way more than usual, and you've started to put on a few kilos, maybe you're not interested in sex as much anymore, maybe you're getting stomach cramps, maybe you're feeling short of breath, maybe you're just feeling like at work, you're not putting in the same old effort that you're used to. Maybe you're getting heartburn, a bit of indigestion, more than usual, or you feel moody. Maybe even it could be skin rashes, or maybe even you've noticed that you've had to start to use alcohol because you feel like it's the only thing that settles you down in the evening. So maybe you're misusing alcohol or prescribed drugs to help you relax or cope with the stresses in your life. So some of these symptoms could be caused by other things, but they might also be a result of the stress that you're experiencing. And it might be time to talk to somebody about that. But let's talk a little bit about depression in particular. So these cluster of symptoms are similar. So we do still have the sleep disturbance. There might be changes in your weight, that fatigue, not having any energy. And you might also feel slowed down or even feel in feelings of restlessness or like you have to keep yourself busy. But the biggest worry with depression and one of the things that really make it stand out more than just everyday stress is the thoughts or feelings about worthlessness, maybe even feeling guilty about things, maybe you're not even sure why you're feeling guilty, but there's this feeling of guilt that maybe you're not working hard enough or doing enough and that it's all too hard. So that together with the sleep disturbance, weight changes, maybe poor concentration or difficulty focusing, and possibly even thoughts of death, not necessarily even thoughts of harming yourself, but maybe even thoughts of maybe things would be better if I wasn't around. All these thoughts and feelings and physical sensations together are a bit of a concern and you might be experiencing depression. So I would really encourage you to get help 
talk to your partner, a friend, family member, or take yourself to the GP. The GP is really the best person to give you a great idea on what might be going on, maybe even give you some tests to rule out physical problems of other kinds, but also be able to point you in the right direction in terms of what services are around, maybe even some free services to access psychologists. But there's things that you can do for yourself as well. So one thing might be to focus a little bit more on how you manage each one of those. So let's start with the thoughts. So for example, if you notice yourself having those thoughts like, I can't even get my work done properly, or I can't even talk to my wife anymore. It's my marriage is a failure. I really can't get on top of anything. It's all too hard. And when you notice yourself thinking these kinds of thoughts, we call these self-defeating thoughts, we notice that things worsen in terms of your low mood, feeling angry and powerlessness, and maybe even the physical symptoms get worse, feeling sick in the stomach or a knot in the stomach, feeling really tense in your body, maybe even shaky. And then there's the behavioral consequences, so what you might do. And that might be that you give up on the task or maybe you give up on the marriage, maybe even withdraw, not talk to anybody, or maybe get angry. But basically things start to feel worse because those self-defeating thoughts like, I can't do it, it's too much, I'm useless, I'm worthless, it's hopeless, these kinds of thoughts keep us stuck or make the symptoms worse, either physically or in terms of feelings of depression or stress. So what we want to do is we want to catch those thoughts because they're the ones that are leading us to feel even worse. So we can catch those thoughts earlier and change them into something a little more constructive. It might be something like, I really feel very ordinary at the moment, but there's probably something I can do. I might start, start with talking to my partner or I might start with talking to a mate or might even make an appointment with my GP. Just thinking in that way, catching that unhelpful thinking and coming up with a plan, just that can sometimes make you start to feel like you can do something about what's happening. You're taking opportunities to talk to people and get a plan in place to help improve your mood. And even though you might be feeling a bit wound up and a bit of anxiety still, you know that in a couple of days you've got that appointment with that GP. So trying to actively work on the problem and know that there's people out there and resources out there that genuinely really want to help you. So understanding that those thoughts are what making things seem worse is really important. It's not you that's hopeless. It's not you that's helpless. But those thoughts can lead you to believe that and really make those feelings of low mood or those sick feelings in your stomach feel stronger. And actually, there's lots of types of common thinking distortions that we have. So one of them, for example, is mind reading. So feeling like you can read the mind of others in that you believe that you know what they're thinking. So you might think that your wife thinks you are hopeless or she thinks that you are a failure. Or it might be that you think others don't think that you're working hard enough. Or you might even think that 
your that your boss thinks that you're not putting in a good enough day's work and so it's only at any time now and you might get the sack. So that's the kind of mind reading that gets us into trouble, trying to imagine what the other person is thinking and thinking that in the worst possible case scenario. Something else that we do is catastrophizing. So saying things like, it's always bad for me, it never works out, things always go against me, I'll never be able to manage this stress, I'll never be able to catch up at work. These kinds of things are catastrophizing and I know I'm really good at catastrophizing and it's kind of where we sort of make these blanket statements that we're likely to fail or we're likely to be caught out as a fraud or any minute now someone's going to come in and say, we don't want you anymore. Another thing that people do, and I think guys do this and it can be brushed off like it's a joke, but sometimes labeling themselves like, you know, I'm such an idiot or I'm always making mistakes or I'm just an angry man. These kind of labeling, they can sometimes get stuck and we can end up fulfilling those labels we give ourselves because we keep repeating them to ourselves over and over again. Another thing is overgeneralizing, saying things like, it's always bad, or I can never get it right, or no one likes me, or everyone disagrees with everything I say. So that can be really tricky as well in terms of not seeing your strengths or not seeing the things that you might be able to do well. And maybe you combine them so you think that other people are saying these things about you as well. Another thing that I notice a lot is black and white thinking. So everything's either all bad or it's everything is ruined or I never get anything right. So again, we tend to lean towards what we're not succeeding at rather than noticing, well, you know what? I got to work on time today and I remembered to pack my lunch. I might not have known how to do that particular task and I had to ask for help, but that doesn't mean that I'm not good at my job. So even if a task didn't go to plan, If you take that one task and amplify it and use that to describe your entire existence, like I'm not good at anything because I couldn't do that one task, that's when we have a problem. Understanding that that black and white thinking is an unhelpful style of thinking. One of the other biggest stresses that gets in the way is sleep quality. And this can be a real problem for the guys. But there are things you can do to improve your health your sleep. So that might be, as I said before, is seeking help from a professional. And there's sleep clinics that you can go and stay at overnight and they hook you up to all sorts of interesting gizmos to measure all sorts of things that happen through the night in terms of your skin temperature, your breath rate, your pulse rate, your quality of sleep and your sleep cycles. And that can give amazing data to help you understand what might be disrupting your sleep, particularly if you're at risk of things like sleep apnea. But in the meantime, if you feel that you could probably work on your sleep yourself, some of the things that are really helpful sleep guidelines are things you can do during the day, in the evening and just before bed. So for example, during the day, try and eat at regular intervals. Take any kind of medications when you need to 
and make sure you keep an eye on the clock and plan out tasks. Exercise can be really helpful. And I have read a few different research papers about exactly what time does help sleep. And I have heard things like early or quite early in the evening or early morning can be quite helpful in terms of improving sleep patterns. Also setting some time aside to talk to family, particularly if you're a bit concerned about depression or anxiety at the moment, setting time aside to talk about problems and maybe even work through those problems those problems with constructive problem-solving strategies. Really, really important big one in terms of sleep is trying not to nap through the day. And even though that might give you some relief from your tiredness, it actually affects your sleep cycle quite significantly. So really trying hard to have an organized, regular construction of your day in terms of what time things happen as best you can. If you're on shift work, trying to eat at regular intervals, even if they aren't at normal mealtimes, and really avoid napping through the day. So in terms of coming into the evening, if you have some issues with sleep, might be understanding that you need to have a wind-down routine. And of course, avoid drinking caffeinated drinks, especially after midday. Smoking is also a stimulant and should be avoided just before bed. And alcohol. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. But alcohol is a big one, even though men and women have been known to use alcohol to wind down at the end of the day. There are other ways to wind down and it can be really hard to break that habit of going for that drink in the evening, but we really want to replace that with some other strategies to wind down like going for a walk, meditation, breathing, hanging out with the kids, just sitting down and taking some quiet time to read or go through the paper, but trying not to go to that go-to beer o'clock habit of having alcohol to signify the end of the working day. Try and avoid really heavy meals as that can also sometimes disrupt your sleep. So at bedtime, try and have a calming routine. Maybe it's a calm shower, listening to music, maybe even doing some relaxation strategies. Try not to have too much screen time right before bed because we know that blue light that lights up screens can often be quite stimulating and make it difficult for us to settle. So avoiding TVs and screen time and phone time and try and turn the light off and go to bed and relax your mind and body. There are other podcasts that I have done and there's many other podcasts out there and resources on how to engage in relaxation. But I don't want to go into that right now because there's a few other things that I'd like to talk about a bit more. And that's coming back to this topic of alcohol. And I think one of the tricky things with alcohol is it's become so normalized in our culture to to use alcohol as I've said before, a marker of the end of the day, you know, it's beer o'clock, knock-off time, um, time to have a beer with the buds or, you know, go home and have a glass of wine. And we get in, it's, it's such a habit and we haven't learned any new ways to signify the end of the working day. And that's something I'm actually working on myself at the moment is doing different rituals to signify the end of my working day, calming down and shifting from Carrie the clinical psychologist into my role as Carrie the mum because I'm pretty sure my kids don't want Carrie the clinical psychologist come and pick them up. So let's talk about alcohol. 
So it really can be a huge problem for many people. And I take my hat off to all those people who are really trying to turn their life around after a history of dependence on alcohol or other drugs. So one of the big things is to try avoid drinking alone, especially when you're feeling down or anxious, and try to limit your drinking time in the evening, particularly around mealtime. If you feel that you can't break the habit just yet, but you want to start to change your relationship with alcohol, maybe switching to lower alcohol beers or wine, or maybe even starting to mix it with like a soda water. So rather than having a glass of wine, maybe having half half Chardonnay, half soda water. Drink really slowly. Try to bring other aspects of relaxation into that ritual so that you're getting an increased relaxation effect without increasing your alcohol consumption. Plan your day. Think about your at-risk times or even that person who's always the one likely to ask you to have a drink with them. Plan ahead around strategies to avoid or manage those at-risk times. Maybe even keep a diary or plan ahead activities that are going to the gym, going for a walk with a friend, or other ways you can plan activity that minimizes your habit or breaks that habit of going to that drink at those at-risk times. If you do feel that you have to have a drink, maybe planning how you go about that and how much alcohol that you would drink. So trying to limit maybe to one drink a night or reduce that at least from maybe other alcohol consumption that you have been doing. So I think that with alcohol consumption, it has become, as I said, quite normal, but you have to decide what's normal and healthy for you. So the guys out there that might be feeling like some of the things I've talked about today are starting to get in the way of their relationships, maybe getting in the way of their work or getting in the way of other parts of their life. Things have just been dropping off slowly over time. And when you think about it, there's been some changes and maybe changes for the worse. Then I really encourage you to seek help. The people that love you and care about you want you to get the help you need. So maybe that's finding the courage to call the local medical center and make an appointment with a GP, maybe a GP you know, or even a new GP. Maybe it's talking to someone at work, someone you respect at work that you think could be a resource or a support for you. Or maybe it is talking to a partner, a cousin, an uncle, a family friend, or even your mum or dad. The most important thing here is that you don't have to do this alone. There are people out there that really want to support you. And there are lots of great resources out there. In particular, as I mentioned, man therapy which is a great resource at mantherapy.org.au. And there's a few different pages there on that website and it has lots of resources for you to have a look at and information on some of the, the symptoms that you might be experiencing. You can also link into other support networks from there. There's also Beyond Blue, so beyondblue.org.au that also provides support. And their contact number is one three hundred double two four six three six. So if you're experiencing issues, please seek help. You are 
a courageous person to get through what you've gotten through so far. So there must be something within you that supported you. So remember, you don't have to do this alone. Please seek help. There's people out there that really want to see you flourish and thrive. So take care and remember that there's people out there that really want to see you be your best self and want to see you safe. Now, if you're interested in any other workshops or events that I am running, please go to the website carriethompsoncasey.com. There's lots of things coming up this year, lots of new stuff that I can't wait to release for you and show you what I'll be up to. But I am on a bit of a hiatus at the moment, as you might know that I have moved to a new location and I'm really focusing on family and establishing the new practice at the moment. But the listeners are really at the forefront of my mind and I'm thinking about you guys all the time and thinking about what can I deliver to you this year that's going to be of service to you. So thank you so much for participating in The Abnormal Psychologist. This episode has gone out to the guys and mental health for men. Well, I hope you found the information useful. Don't forget to support the show by telling your friends and sharing the episodes with your friends and family and get them to go and like the Facebook page at Carrie Thompson Casey. That's Thompson without a P. You can like the show there and catch up on all the updates that are coming up over the year and give your feedback. And don't forget to go to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating. Thank you so much for your time. And I really wish you all the best for 2016. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torbs, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch again that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.